Well, you see the Jaguar shirt, which can mean only one thing. It's time for an AFC South discussion with Alex on the Big Deep Podcast. Before I bring in yours truly to discuss all things Titans, Colts, Texans, and Jacks. Please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see all my content. Literally uploading redraft, best ball, division videos. Also check out the Big Lead Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, Alex, you ready to talk some AFC South? This is my division, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this division. I don't know if I'm as excited as you are to talk about this division, but I always got the Jaguars Cup too, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you know, it's AFC South, uh, home of your favorite Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm, I'm ready to get going. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Meow. So uh, let's start in Music City where the uh, Tennessee Titans reigned supreme in the division last year. Uh, how Tennessee got the number one seed was a miracle beyond me. But uh, the Titans went one and done in the playoffs, losing to the eventual AFC champion uh, Cincinnati Bengals, where uh, Brian Tannehill probably wishes he would have been in Miami for that division round because uh, he – didn't exactly have his finest moment in natural. So uh, when you think of the Titans, you think of one player and one player in particular, right? Absolutely. Mr. Derrick Henry. I mean, it's it's the Tennessee Titans. It's, it's He's probably the most overpowered player in the NFL at this point. I mean, obviously there's there's – players all across the league with different skill sets and different abilities. But when you look at Derrick Henry, I mean, he's not even a man. He's, he's a monster and he's probably the hardest NFL player to tackle in this decade. And uh, you know, luckily for the Tennessee Titans, I mean, you've got Ryan Tannehill quarterback, which as a, as a uh, Dolphins fan, I know uh, the, the sad ups and downs that you go through with Ryan Tannehill under center, but boy, we never had a player like Derrick Henry. You imagine you imagine Dan Marino would have had a Derrick Henry. He would have been more than one Super Bowl. He'd have been the best quarterback of all time if he had Derrick Henry as a running back. Okay, okay, okay. So how would Tom Brady have so wait? So how would Tom Brady have done with Roger Craig or Joe Montana would have done with Lawrence Maroney? But we'll just leave it at that. Are you worried about Derrick Henry because he's taken a lot of hits, uh, carried the boy stupid amount of times last five, six years, not just in college, but the NFL. And he dealt with that foot injury last year. You wonder if maybe he's slowing down. Is this the year where it's the breaking point? Either Derrick Henry still right with John and Taylor, or maybe he drops, or maybe the decline starts happening. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's hard not to be at least a little concerned about it. He's not getting any younger. He's uh, obviously coming off of an injury from last season. And I think one of the biggest factors is that Tennessee Titans traded away their best playmaker receiver in A.J. Brown. So they're not even going to have that option uh, for Ryan Tannehill to throw to it anymore this season. So you've got to be concerned about it. I mean, even 
uh, in the fantasy football landscape of things, I mean, you, you got to think he's going to drop at least a little bit in that first round just because of the injury, just because he's getting older. And I mean, it's just the Tennessee Titans have one less, one less weapon on offense for the defenses to focus on. And it just means that they're going to spend that much more time focusing on Derrick Henry. Not that they wouldn't be anyway, but, you know, at least uh, A.J. Brown gave, gave Ryan Tannehill, you know, a, a top tier wide receiver to uh to be able to get the ball to if he's not uh taking a blind side blind blind side sack but yeah yeah i mean i think you you have to be concerned yeah and so um what does mike vrabel rank in coaches because in his we all remember vrabel as a very cerebral player with the patriots but where does vrabel rank among coaches, because how can because I think Vrabel did an amazing coaching job. Deserve a coach to the year last year. Is he a top? I mean, where would he rank in coaches? I mean, I'm not necessarily saying Mike Vrabel is a top five coach in the league. I don't really think he's even in the conversation for that. I think he's upper mid tier. I would say. I mean, I think. You take them in the first half of coaches in the NFL, but I mean, maybe sniffing the, I don't even think I get, I put him in the top 10, maybe somewhere in the top 13 area sounds about right to me. I mean, you know, he's still a new head coach. So we've got a lot, uh, you, we don't have a lot of tape to go off of when it comes to Mike Vrabel as a head coach. And, and I mean, like, like we've been talking about this entire Titan segment, you have Derek Henry. So, I mean, Yes, you have to be able to game plan for your defenses and you have to game plan your defense for other for opposing offenses. But boy, I mean, it's it's like having it's like having um, uh, Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile. It's it's a cheat code that you can use almost any time and uh, have at least a, a little bit of success just giving the ball to Derrick Henry. So, you know, I, I think Mike Vrabel, obviously the Titans were the were the number one seed in the AFC last season. So you have to give him at least a good amount of credit for that. Do I see him better than uh, 25, 28 quarter, uh, coaches in the NFL? I'm not so sure about that. But, I mean, what do you think of my uh, uh, top 13? May, I mean, maybe close to the top 10. It really just kind of depends on on what what you put uh, value in as a, as a head coach, I guess. Which, I mean, <laughs> making a number one seed in the AFC definitely deserves value, but getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs also does not uh, kind of hurt your value a little bit. I've got, I've got one for you. Would you rather have – let me let me see. Name me a random coach. Name me a random coach. Um, Robert Sala. Oh gosh, I'm thinking Vrabel any day of the week. Yeah, Next. that's not a very good example. Uh, let's go with uh, who's a good comparison? Uh, John Harbaugh. Oh, that's a good one. Father Harbaugh. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, how many more? Uh, let's go with. All right, um, all right. If we, yeah. all right, uh, quite proven. <laughs> let's uh, proceed to the uh, next team on the list. All right. So moving on in the AFC South, we have a team with a very uh, with a fresh face at the quarterback position. It's always interesting to uh, uh, to go into a season with a uh, with a new guy under center. 
The Indianapolis Colts, how do you think that they will fare with Matt Ryan as their head coach? This, uh, as their head coach. We've been talking about head coaches so much. But Matt Ryan as their starting quarterback going into the season. Well, you talk about quarterbacks, and I automatically think this is the running back division because uh, talks about Derrick Henry, the Titans, and the Colts have a half-decent running back. I'm confused by saying that. I think it's JT. It's Jonathan Taylor. Jason Taylor? No, I was thinking Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I think you're right with that. I mean, we know what John Taylor is, a running back, probably the one-on-one in most, if not all leagues. I mean – we all knew what kind of runner he was, but the fact that he has all but carried the Colts offense his first couple of years in the league shows what he's capable of doing. JT's receiving receiving's better than what I remember being in Wisconsin. And I feel like with Indianapolis and a Frank Wright team, you know Jonathan Taylor's going to get the ball 20, 25, 30 times a game. Great offensive line, and Taylor's only getting better. And I feel like no matter who the quarterback is, John Taylor's going to get the ball again and again and again. Absolutely. And look, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, like you said, I mean, he should be the first overall pick in fantasy drafts this season. I know a lot of some people are still clinging on to the Christian McCaffrey train. I think. Jonathan Taylor should be the all-around number one fantasy football back this season. But, I mean, you bring in a guy like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Phillip Rivers. Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan is going to improve this Indianapolis Colts team. They've got some talent at the wide receiver position. Obviously, Michael Pittman is a budding star. He's going to be, uh, uh, I, uh, he's going to be, I think, one of the more improved receivers this season, especially with Matt, uh, <clears throat> with Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. And you got to look at the fact that, uh, they brought in, a, uh, they are, the Indianapolis Colts already had a solid defense last season. Then they bring in Stephon Gilmore and Yannick Ngaku. Uh, so, improved, what was that? Yeah, that exactly. Uh, so, improvement on an already solid uh, defensive side. Uh, improvement at the quarterback position. You still have Quentin Nelson as possibly the best offensive lineman in the NFL, blocking for Jonathan Taylor and blocking for Matt Ryan. I think the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, I think it's their division to lose, which is surprisingly enough, which is surprising enough considering the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last season. But they also have the third easiest schedule in the NFL this year. They Obviously, they played the Texans twice. They played the, Jackson, the Jacksonville Jaguars twice. Their toughest games, it really seems like, are the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Los Angeles Chargers, and all three of those games are at home. So... I, I'm big on the Colts this year. I think that uh, it's going to be a, a much improved team from last season. And even, they weren't even a, a horrible football team last season. So, obviously, I mean, they were fighting for a playoff spot, a wild card spot. I think it's the, uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts division to lose this season. But how much pressure is Frank Reich on this year? Because, to me, there were rumors whether or not the Colts were going to fire Reich after – missing the playoffs last year and now if the Colts don't make the playoffs this year I think Mr. Ose might be a little upset yeah I mean I think it's absolutely valid if the Colts miss the playoffs this year with the, with the improvements that they've made absolutely I mean but I, I feel like Frank Reich yes is going to be a little bit nervous about about um, this upcoming season his job was on the chopping block last season, but he also has to be pretty happy with what uh, with the work his general manager, uh, Jim Ursay, 
put into place for his uh for his 53 man roster the, for this upcoming season. I'm in on the Colts. I think uh it's going to be a good year for him. Well, Matt Ryan solved the Indianapolis Colts miracle round because since Andrew Luck retired after the 2018 season, it's been Jacoby Brissett in 2019, Philip Rivers in 2020, Colson Wentz last year. And yes, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan. In blue and white, this year is going to be very strange. But can Manny Ice, does Manny Ice have any gas left in the tank? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we know Matt, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice is not getting any younger. I mean, he's one, uh, one of the more established quarterbacks in the NFL when, when it seems like the NFL is just full of budding rookies and, and young, young quarterbacks taking the show. But Matt Ryan can, can sling the ball. I mean, it didn't help. It didn't hurt the fact that he was throwing Julio Jones so long in his in his Atlanta career. But uh, Matt Ryan's going to be the best quarterback that the Indianapolis Colts have had since since Andrew Luck, and I don't really think it's even a debate about it. He is getting older, but the great thing about Matt Ryan getting older is the fact that he's got the best running back, at least fantasy wise, top two three running back in the NFL to be able to hand the ball off of, and that's just going to take some pressure off of him. That should be taking the hits off of him. Uh, and uh, I think I think Matt Ryan will be able to stand. And I'm not going to say he's going to be an MVP quarterback this season. I'm not going to say he's going to be putting up numbers like like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and and possibly Tom Brady, depending on on how his season goes. But uh, I definitely think he's going to be a good enough option for the Colts to uh, to make a playoff push. So we head from, from Indianapolis to Houston, where the Texans are next on our discussion. And, uh, boy, I think the Houston Texans are glad to have Deshaun Watson and uh, soccer behind them. But uh, when you think of the Texans, uh, what excites you in the Space City? I mean... The Houston Texans don't have a lot that excite me to be completely honest with you this upcoming season. I am the most, the most interesting thing to me about the Houston Texans is is just the the progression of Davis Mills. I think, I think uh, after last season, his rookie year, he's uh, kind of that sophomore quarterback that no one's really talking about that much. I mean, everyone knows about uh, the the Zach Wilson's and, and the Justin Fields and all, all Mac Jones and all the, all the young quarterbacks that, that have the league by storm Trevor Lawrence, obviously who we'll talk about in a second. But uh, I think Davis Mills has potential to be a, an underrated quarterback and be, and be a quarterback that can help the Houston Texans. I just don't think he has enough around him. Uh, Brandon cooks is possibly one of the more underrated receivers in the, not even possibly. I think, I think Brandon cooks is one of the more underrated receivers in the national football league. But again, it's mostly because the Houston Texans just don't have a very good football team. So yes, he's putting up decent numbers. Yes. He's actually a decent little fantasy guy, but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to really make much noise in this division. I think honestly, I would predict the Houston Texans to be last in this division. I think Jacksonville has enough, um, have enough weapons and enough uh, progress, which we'll talk about in a second, to uh, to top Houston and as in the third spot of this division. But um, you know, I, there's not a whole lot that ex- that excites me about the Texans. But um, I don't know. What, do you agree? You disagree? What do you see for Houston this year? I mean, Davis Mills intrigues me because not a lot of people are going to remember him from the 2021 class. But I feel like Mills got ton and got some potential. I mean. 
it's a question whether or not Davis Mills is the now or Houston's future quarterbacks in college because maybe the Texans are in the C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young sweepstakes, like uh, uh, maybe not Carolina now, but maybe a Seattle, maybe Detroit, Atlanta, a few other teams. And But if Davis Mills continues in the progression, we'll see what happens with uh, Lovey Smith as the Texas new coach. Uh, it's going to be intriguing. I'm sure there'll be rumors about uh, Brandon Cooks, whether or not he'll be joining his, what, fourth of putting up 1,000 yards, what, it's 15th now? 4-15 now? Because he's done for like every other team. So why not another team? Yeah. I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I mean, it, it just... Honestly, like I do think you talk about whether whether Davis Mills will be the future of the Texans or, or uh, an undrafted or yet to be drafted uh, collegiate quarterback. I think, I mean, the problem with the Houston, I don't think, I mean, quarterback is the major problem there, obviously, because I mean they have a young quarterback. He showed potential last season. It's just you just got to add more to this to this roster. I mean, I'm I, I'm sitting here. We're talking about them right now, and I'm struggling to come up name, come up with names that are that are on that. That I mean, Nico Collins is a decent little player, but again, you know, it, he's decent for the Texans. Is he uh, a, a a wide receiver one for any other, uh, or wide receiver two even for any other NFL team? I mean, yeah. yeah, there's probably a couple you can throw in there, maybe possibly, but really not. I mean, it just doesn't seem like the Houston Texans really have had enough success in in developing players or, or building through the draft or bringing in through free agency obviously jj watt was the face of that franchise and he's moved on to uh to the arizona cardinals so i just i just don't see enough i i lovey smith has had success as a head coach but just looking at this roster and thinking about the players on this team plus with two really solid teams in the division it just doesn't really seem like it bodes very well for the texans at least in my opinion But we, uh, I think it's about time, Dylan. He's he's got a big smile on his face. We will move on to your favorite NFL team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm just gonna sit here and uh, enjoy what you have to say about your uh, your favorite team from Duval. Well, can I say this? Thank God, Urban Meyer's not coaching us anymore because uh, that guy was a piece of, I don't want to say head coach in the NFL. Great college coach, but crappy NFL head coach. He might be in the Bobby Petrino of worst NFL coaches of all time, or guys who should have belonged in college. Throw Nick Saban in there, too. Hey, at least Nick Saban lasted a couple of years. Bobby Petrino didn't, and Urban Meyer didn't even last the whole year. That's a good point. Throw Lou Holtz in there. Yeah, there you go. With the Jets in the middle 70s. <laughs> but, um, so, yep, go on. Be honest, I think, I think the big question in Jacksonville this year is. What happens with Trevor Lawrence? Because last year, I mean, there were a few shining moments. I mean, week one, despite throwing three interceptions, a couple nice touchdown passes against the uh, Texans, a great comeback win against Sawyer Dolphins in London, the shocking 9-3, that shocking 
9-3 win against the Bills. Maybe the Jags should have been in the AFC East last year. We went 2-2 two and two against the division. Yeah. I mean, we beat the Bills. You, you all stunk against the Bills, and yet we beat them. And then you haven't even mentioned week 18 of the season last year, which was that you played, uh, you played Heartbreaker for the, uh, in the AFC. You took the role as Heartbreaker in the AFC South last season. And still got the number one pick. Yeah. You know, that, and that's, that's exactly – that's the biggest point, in my opinion, when it comes to the Jaguars, is that you still you, – obviously, it almost really turned out to be a perfect season for the Jaguars. You knew you weren't going to be making a playoff run. You knew you weren't going to be looking at a 500 record. It was going to be rough. Urban Meyer was not the guy, which we learned very quickly. Um, but the fact that you were able to get some good culture wins, I mean, everyone talks about culture wins and whether it's a, whether it's an actual thing, whether it matters, but I think it does. I mean, you beat a team like the Buffalo Bills, one of the favorites for the Super to go to the Super Bowl last season. You beat the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, weren't necessarily on the Bills level, but still pushing for a playoff spot in the AFC last season. You beat the 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 Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, the Indianapolis Colts to knock them out of the playoffs the very last week of the season. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can build off of as a Jacksonville Jaguars uh, fan and, and as, as the team itself. My biggest thing for the Jaguars this year is I am so excited to watch Travis Etienne play. I mean, I think it's heartbreaking for him at the beginning of the last season to, to, to have that injury that knocks him out for the season. He gets drafted the same team as his college quarterback. He's a I'll tell you what, Travis Etienne, I don't even know if I should be saying this, but he is one of my absolute favorite sleepers in fantasy football this year. I will be trying okay, to get Travis now, now you are jinx. Now you are jinxing him for sure. I mean, I'm just telling, telling it as I see it. I mean, he's got the pass-catching ability to be a PPR monster this year. He's got his... He's got his chemistry with his college quarterback. It just, he's got a new head coach who, a, su- a new Super Bowl, a previous Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson. I do like the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. I don't think necessarily they're going to be, I don't think this is the year where they really take the, take the step that um, Jaguars fans have been hoping for for so long, but I, it's definitely going to be steps forward. You know, you're not going backwards as a Jaguars fan. You're definitely going forwards. I don't know if you can compete with Houston, uh, well, not with Houston, with uh, Indianapolis or Tennessee this season, but I definitely think you'll be above Houston. I think we're going to see uh, a much better Jacksonville Jaguars team and a much bigger, better Trevor Lawrence than we've seen in the past. You know, another intriguing question about the offense. I'm glad we mentioned offense with Trevor and uh, Travis Etienne, but the, the, but it's not a question of if the Jaguars overpaid for Christian Kirk. It's a question whether or not he can produce like number one because – I mean, Kirk's shown some moments with the Arizona Cardinals, but, you know, the Jaguars paid an awful lot of money. And maybe you blame Christian Kirk for, for all these receivers getting paid because Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown all got paid. Cooper Cup, for that matter, got paid. Is Christian, is Christian Kirk capable of putting up the a good season for us because if he's the true number one this year, then so what if the Jacks paid an awful lot of money for him? But if Christian Coke's a bum, gets hurt, or is overwhelming, the Jaguars will again be the free agency destination that that absolutely you don't want to be because we looked at it with some of these guys. There are some, the LA Rams can hit on free agents. 
can hit on draft picks. They turned Jalen Ramsey into a stud. Not that he wasn't in Jacksonville. But we all saw what Alan Robinson did last year in Chicago. He was, to put it mildly, wolfless. And now we'll see what he does with Matthew Stafford in the center. Maybe Christian Kirk can be some can be more productive and consistent with Trevor than Todd running around the pocket. But I'm excited for this Jaguar team. I'm sick and tired of getting number one picks. I didn't I didn't want a number one pick this year. We did not deserve it. I didn't like the Trayvon Walker pick, but you know, we've got pass rushes. We've got him and uh Josh Allen. So we're ready to rumble. I mean, is it I mean, are we ready to contend with the Colts and Titans? No, but hopefully we'll at least make it baby steps. Hopefully we win six, seven, eight games this year and show some potential because I'm sitting because I keep hearing all of these questions about what are the Jaguars going to do if they get the one pick. Listen, we are not the Jaguars should not think about getting a quarterback in the first round for the next decade. Because yeah. if so, that means Trevor Lawrence is a bust. Either hurt or bust. And I don't mean the Andrew Luck bust that may uh, Andrew Luck bust maybe in Canon. He might be, he would be a bust. Yeah. You know, that's the big thing, too, is that Trevor Lawrence has had all this hype coming into the NFL. I mean, he was probably the most hyped quarterback stemming from his high school years to his college years. The man never lost a game of organized football until his, until his rookie year in the NFL. I mean, the amount of hype for Trevor Lawrence has been there since he was a child, quite literally. So it really just, I mean, last season was disappointing, I would say. I mean, if, if you're looking at things honestly, I mean, with the amount of hype that he's had. But it's all about what the Jaguars can do to build around him. It's all about what they can do with, a significantly improved coaching staff, some new additions on the team. You talked about Christian Kirk, you know, there was a lot of wide receiver movement this off season. There was a lot of receiver talent in the draft this off season. I don't necessarily think that Christian Kirk was the guy that the Jaguars should have been going after, but at the end of the day, it's what happened. It's who you have. It's your number one guy. It's gotta be Trevor Lawrence's best friend coming up into this off in, into this next season. And uh, it's, it, it's nothing but potential progress and hope for Jaguars fans I mean you've got to at least take the good forget the bad it's a brand new season and uh, I mean it really just comes down to Trevor Lawrence and, and and if he can be the guy that he has been hyped up to be for the past eight to ten years so I mean jury's out on that I think you're right looking at hopefully five six seven wins maybe eight under your belt Get those baby steps, and we'll see what uh, what the Jaguars can do next offseason and, and into uh, the upcoming se- next couple seasons because you've got the potential. You've got the quarterback you think you need for the future. It's just a matter of uh, putting the final pieces together to really build to really build an NFL franchise. Now, we usually do trivia before announcing on divisional picks. Today we're going to do things a little differently. So, Alex, who wins uh, – one word, who wins the AFC South this year? Colts. Indy. Yeah. 
So we're uh, on the same page there. I mean, we've had a couple couple divisions go go back and forth. Had a couple uh, differences of opinion. We've had a couple divisions that uh, have stuck to. Uh, we've been on the same page there. So uh, we'll definitely see what comes up this upcoming season. I think uh, the Colts have the potential and the amount of talent to really be able to uh, to take this division away. But uh, I think it's time for trivia. I have I have a question for you. I don't know if you have a question for me, but uh, how would you like how would you like to go about this, Dylan? I'm ready for some ASU South trivia because you're not stomping me again this week. All right. I went with I think I might, Dylan. I don't know. It's about your Jacksonville Jaguars. So if I stump you, I mean, I will be very surprised. It, again, I know you hate them, but it's a two-part question. I got to I gotta reel you in and then see if I can uh, snap you back out. So I'm going to go with this. Again, first part, I will be shocked if you don't get it. We've been talking about the first round of the uh, NFL draft. We've been talking about uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars having high picks. I would like to know. Dylan, who is the first ever drafted player by the Jacksonville Jaguars? Tony Faselli, number two, uh, uh, tackle, Southern Cal, 1995 NFL draft. So that is the correct answer to part one of the trivia question. Do you know the second ever player drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, I know it was a running back. You're right about that. Do you know what round it was in? First round, because there were like oh. a bunch of running backs, not just Kajana Corner. I don't think it was Tyrone Wheatley, right? No. What are his Why initials? What are his initials? Ah, oh, man. Uh, you want me to tell you? J.S. James Stewart. James Stewart. There you go. I should have told you the college instead, but. Uh, I think I would have been. I think that actually, well, what did he go to college? I, I think I know it. He went to Tennessee. Oh, Rocky Top. Oh, he would have played with yeah. Manning because Manning would have been a freshman 94. Yeah, there you go. Well, good job, Dylan. I'm 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 proud of you. know, we had to we had to use a little bit of uh, get a little bit of help done to get that done. But uh I'm 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 impressed. I would have never I had no idea even who James Stewart was. <laughs> so by the way, by the way, in that same 95 draft, this is how bad we this is how bad the teams were. Let's see. Curtis Morton was, a, I think, a second or third round pick, and Troll Davis was a sixth round pick. And both of them were in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at that first round right now. I mean, there's a lot of names I don't recognize on that first round. I mean, the number one pick, Kijana Carter to the Bengals. I mean, Steve McNair, obviously, to Houston in the third Rest pick. Yeah, of course. Warren Sapp, Hall of Famer. Derek Brooks, Hall of Famer, Ty Wall, Hall of Famer. And how about – and I think John and Ogden was in that – wait, oh, well, that was the – wait a minute. I don't think so. No, 96, 96, yes, because mm. that's when the Browns – the Browns had actually ended up trading 
the 10th pick to the 49ers for J.J. Stokes. <laughs> and that pick, the pick, the first round of San Francisco gave up, ended up being Ray Lewis. Wow. The Patriots yeah. drafted two Hall of Famers in that draft. Not bad. Wait. <laughs> wait. Who did the Patriots take besides Curry Smalling? Oh, really? Oh, Ty Law. Thank you. Yeah. From Michigan, right? Uh, from Michigan, yeah. Okay. And Kevin Smolin from Pitt. Yeah. You're not going to fool me on the 95 draft, Cubs. Yeah, I'm not going to fool you on Jacksonville Jaguars trivia either. Yeah. Why are you fooling me with Jacksonville trivia? Come on, man. <laughs> So, uh, thanks for hopping on for our AFC self discussion. Uh, I had to bring up the shirt and the cup today. So, uh, next week we will be discussing the NFC West. So, uh, always a competitive, feisty, hated division. These teams hate each other. You've got coach, you've got some offensive minds, and an old defensive guru. The NFC was so I can't wait to discuss it. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one, Dylan. Uh, we will see you all next week, same place, possibly a different time, but we will try our hardest to stay consistent on that. And uh, thank you for having me again, again, Dylan. It's been a pleasure. Fins up.